Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Still Waiting Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Ernie C. Back at you again with another week, and I don't really know what I'm going to be talking about much this ep- this episode. I just, I don't know, like, there's been so much shit going on this week, and I just don't know, I know I'm not going to get to it all, but I'm just going to, you know, like, roam through my thoughts as I'm talking, and hit a few points, and talk about nothing for the next hour or so. Um, you know, it, it teaches me good improvising skills. Like, what am I going to even do? Like, I think that's what I do most weeks now, honestly. But, like, I, ha- I usually have a good idea of what I'm going to talk about. This week, not so much. I just don't have any clue what I'm going to be talking about. I'm just trying to kill time here, honestly. I'm just trying to kill time and make you guys second guess whether or not you want to listen to this episode. But I'm going to tr- – I'm not going to guarantee a good episode. I'm just going to – I'm just going to remain hopeful that it's a good episode this week. Um, Well, I guess for starters, I can talk about going to the doctors this week. I'm not at that age right now where, you know, they're going to check my butthole for any sort of cancers or anything. But I'm getting close. I'm approaching it. Uh, I just got to get myself mentally prepared for that day when it when it comes. Um, no, but this week was a little bit of a follow-up because I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I suffer from hypertension, also known as high blood pressure. So, I mean, you might not even know when you look at me, other than, you know, you're like, wow, he's overweight. He's really, really big. He looks like he'd be, it's possible that he'd have uh, high blood pressure. Well, then you'd be right. Um, But other than that, I don't think like mentally, like if you were to like get to know me, I don't think I would show signs that I have high blood pressure. Like if I'm raging, it's usually by myself on the road, especially because I, I have massive road rage sometimes and my job doesn't help. Um, No, but I, you know, it was just a follow up at the doctor's talking about my blood pressure and apparently my blood pressure was actually pretty good but of course he looked at my weight and he's like dude what the fuck and he's recommending certain things i'm I'm, he's recommending my ex-wife surgery (laughs) and i'm like yeah but doctor doesn't the isn't the side effect like cunt uh Ah, never mind. I was going to call it cuntinitis, but I just didn't know what else. (laughs) I don't know. I was just rambling. But no, um, he he recommended the surgery that my ex-wife had. And I was like, but I don't want to be a bitch. And my girlfriend, I immediately told her about that. She was like, no way in hell. Like, because then you're going to leave me. And I'm like, no, I think I learned from uh, what I had seen a few years ago, because I mean, that was the one warning sign. That was what I told my ex-wife before she even bit the bullet on leaving me. I was like, you know what? You're going to become a very, very good, good looking woman. You're going to get attention and you're going to want to leave me. And she thought I was absolutely bonkers and batshit insane. And look what happened. (laughs) Like no joke. Not even like a year later, she was like, fuck this guy. I'm out. And now she doesn't even know who she wants to date. I was, I was, I tried to promise myself, I was like, don't mention her dating lifestyle on the show, but sometimes I just can't help it because it's just too funny to see. Like, I just don't know who's who anymore. And I'm okay. Let me just, uh, rephrase that. I'm not trying to make my ex-wife sound like a slut. She's just making herself look like that. (laughs) 
and it's just hard not to point it out sometimes. Um, I just hope that she is not hurting my son in the in the long run. Like I I feel like that's kind of fucking with his emotions a little bit. Um, but anyway, back to my doctors. Um, no, he just suggested some sort of surgery. So I kind of wrote him an email after I had left. I was like, Hey, can I explore any other avenues before I even consider thinking about, uh, the surgery that you speak of? And he was like, he's going to recommend me to a dietitian. He's going to recommend, you know, I see somebody to hopefully get a better, uh, meal plan going for me. Hopefully, I don't know, depending on my insurance coverage. But I just need to lose some pounds. You know, I, I've been rambling on for the last few minutes about it. But all in all, he's just basically saying, you need to lose a ton of weight, man. Because your blood pressure, your cholesterol, um, your blood work, it's all showing signs. Not not like, not big signs, but like, it's like I, I'm almost, not, not, not like right there, but I feel like I'm approaching it. Uh, the pre-diabetic stage, and I don't even want to get close to that. So, uh, Daddy here needs to get on a workout plan again. I really do miss going to the gym, I, and I'm I told myself, okay, I gotta I gotta get myself motivated. I know it's I know it's coming. I really do. I know uh, like that motivation is gonna you know come sooner than later. Uh, hopefully before New Year's. I will say that like. I just don't want to have that New Year's resolution that never that never actually goes through. Um, no, I gotta get get to work before New Year's and start working out, start eating better, and I actually have been eating better, a little bit better since I um, since I got out of that doctor's appointment and what we talked about. But all in all, he's just like, dude, like if you if you have this, these kinds of issues going into forty, like it's not gonna look good for you. So, yeah, I got to think about losing weight again and getting myself motivated to work out, eat healthier, because, I mean, I'm not really living anymore for myself. I'm living for my kid, and that, that's that's really my where my priorities stand. Yeah, I should be living for my girlfriend as well, because I do, I get the vibes. Now, guys, I know this, I know, I've, I know we've been together for less than a year. But I just get the marriage vibes from this chick. Like, even though some some days, like, it can be a little overbearing, but I think that's just normal. The like, just like, because her way of communication, it, even though it drives me nuts sometimes, is she doesn't let me finish a sentence. Like, she'll ask a question and uh, answer it within a second of me trying to answer it. And I'm like, uh, are you going to let me answer it? Like, if you really want to know, quit answering your own goddamn question. Um, it's just funny. But I just get, like, the vibes. Like, I want to marry this chick. I'm not. There's no way in hell that means I'm going to be searching for a ring anytime soon. But I just get the, the vibes. Like, hey, like, I can see myself going the long run with this girl. Um, she's been an incredible girlfriend the last, I don't know, on the better part of a year. I think we're approaching eight months, eight months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's just a, a really, she, she, it's just funny talking to her about the doctors. Like now I'm, she's at that stage of my life where I'm talking to her about my health, but, uh, I was talking to her about the doctor's appointment and she's like, there's no way in hell I want you to get that surgery. Like I want you to be healthy, but 
you know, I don't want, I don't want that head to fucking blow up and you just get so much better looking and find yourself a supermodel. I'm like, that'll never happen. Like if, if you've seen my dating resume, like I've probably only dated like (laughs) two or three girls that are like close to being like, now I wouldn't, I would say the best I've ever done guys is an eight. And I mean, that's pretty good for guys like me, honestly, an eight, because guys like me should only end up with sixes, but at best. Um, but no, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky a few times to date an eight, uh, but she thinks I'm going to be like going to like the tens if I were to ever get that surgery. But, you know, I got just got to reassure her that, you know, daddy's here to stay. Um, (laughs) and by the way, I've been, I've been doing that with her. I'm like, you know, daddy's here, daddy's here for you. And she's like, quit calling yourself daddy. That's so stupid. I'm like, but you know, daddy's here for you, babe. Um, you know, I recommend all guys do that with their significant others really, cause, uh, it'll drive them nuts and you get a good laugh out of it. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, yeah, the doctors was, uh, a fun little trip. I never, I, I see the guy on like maybe a yearly basis because I want to avoid go. I avoid the doctors like the plague, but you know, my doctor's not an asshole. He's actually a really, really nice guy. He's an Indian guy with a kind of a thicker accent, but I can understand him. Um, really, really nice guy though. We, him and I have always, uh, laughed it up and talked some shit. And he always makes racist comments that are hilarious to me. <laughs> you know when especially when he's talking about my blood pressure and like the diabetes is like us brown people like us brown people are so prone to diabetes so you know uh watch yourself man i'm like oh yeah us brownies that's right no no white people ever get this stuff (laughs) but uh no it just cracks me up um but what else did i want to talk oh yes this upcoming week i Finally, like it's, I bought these tickets back in July and it's just like, I can't believe we're at, we're finally at the week where I finally get to see Mark Normand again. Very, very funny comedian. I talked about him so much around this time last year because I was going to see him on October 29th last year on a Friday. This time I'm seeing him on Friday on October 28th, a year ago to the day, um, in Portland and he's upgrading. He's he was at the Helium Comedy Club last year, and very, very funny. He did about a good solid 45 minutes of, of material with, like, a 15-minute Q&A afterwards. That was just fucking hilarious. But this time, he's upgrading from the, the club setting, and he's going into a theater. And, I mean, it's, it's always amazing to, you know, see a comedian that you, like, all of them, like, you're seeing them prosper in a very short time because that's actually what happened with Tom Segura um like the guy that basically got me into stand-up comedy because uh, when I first saw him he was at the Helium Comedy Club that's a venue that could maybe sit 200 250 people in an audience and it's a small club but it's a very very intimate setting and it's very very uh, it's I love that club uh but I saw Tom Segura maybe a couple years later at the Revolution Hall which is a theater and that's exactly what's happening with Mark Norman. I saw him at Helium last year, and I'm seeing him at Revolution Hall this year. 
So it just makes me like, I, I have to see this guy at least a few more times before he's like Tom Segura and Bill Burr and he's selling tickets for like a hundred bucks. So, so I don't know if you guys remember me talking about it last year, but last year, the time I saw him, it really fucking cracked me up. Uh, I'd be thinking about it because this week when, when I'm going to see him this week, I'm actually going with my girlfriend. I actually have a date this year and I don't remember if you guys, if you, if you guys remember last year, but, um, I had a date, my ex-girlfriend, her and I were supposed to go, but then we had a falling out and I had, I was scrambling. I was like, I got to find a date. I got to find a date. I wanted to at least take any girl, whether it be on a dating app or I don't know, just some random bruh that just wants to like have a night out with even, even, even platonically, like no sex, no kissing involved, just any girl. I wanted to have a, a cute date. Um, didn't happen and it's fine. Um, but when they sat me down, they sat me at the single guys table and we all had the same fucking story. Like we had a date, but the, it fell through or we had a girlfriend coming with us, but we broke up. We all had the same story and we were just, we became friends for a couple hours and it was so fun hanging out with guys that I didn't even know. And we were just yucking it up for the night and just laughing our asses off at Mark Normand. Um, but this year, this year I do have a date. It's my girlfriend. I'm excited. I was at the Revolution Hall like a month before I even met my girlfriend. I had a date at that one to see Taylor Tomlinson. Um, but no, I uh, went. And saw, yeah, I saw Taylor Tomlinson earlier this year at Revolution Hall. It'll be fun to be back at the Revolution Hall this year with my girlfriend because I know that they have a great restaurant setting. They have a, re- a great restaurant and bar in the venue before the doors even open. And, uh, yeah, it'll just be a fun date night this Friday. And I'm just so fucking excited to see Mark Norman again. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't watched Mark Norman, he's on Netflix. He has a good half hour on there. He's got a, an amazing YouTube special uh, out to lunch so fucking funny it's definitely one of my favorite specials uh the guy is just so witty so witty and he's got killer podcasts that i just i have to listen to every week because i just need a good laugh um although (laughs) i actually have to kind of warn my girlfriend like she's seen mark norman's stuff and she's she finds him pretty funny but i think she's gonna he's gonna strike a few nerves with her because even I strike a few nerves with her because I don't hate Jewish people. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I never have hated on Jewish people. I think the Holocaust was horrible like anybody else. It's just sometimes I make a few Jew comments and she hates it when I say Jew. She's like, it's Jewish. I'm like, no, like, you, they, they're okay with being called Jews because that's what they are. They're just Jews. It's not, a, it's not even a slur. <laughs> I was like, and you know who makes fun of Jews the most? Jews, um, given, given my, uh, sense of humor and since, you know, my comedy, a lot of comedians I, I watch and listen to, some of them are Jewish and they'll make Jewish jokes all fucking day. Um, but no, like Mark Norman is one of the people that's not Jewish and will make some Jewish jokes because, and they're fucking funny. His best friend on, we might be drunk is Jewish. Um, 
yeah, we might be drunk as a podcast that I think everybody should listen to. Very, very funny podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm just so fucking stoked. So fucking stoked. Uh, about finally going to see some good stand up this year, this week. Uh, it's been a minute and I ain't gonna lie. Every time I go to a show, I'm just jealous of anybody that's on a stage. Uh, I miss it guys. I really fucking miss it. I want to go back on. I feel, I feel hopeless sometime when I get that feeling, but when I'm je- when I'm when I get that jealous feeling, and I feel like I'm never ever gonna get there. But you know, you never know. I just gotta, just gotta be optimistic. I guess <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet too. I feel like the neighbors are like listening to me. Um, <laughs> but nothing else has been really been going on this week other than I've just been thinking about Mark Norman and the doctors and. My girlfriend's out of town right now. I think she's going to be back actually pretty soon, probably in the next hour at least. She was uh, gone in Eugene. She was in Eugene yesterday. I had to drive to Bend after that for today. And so I'm just like, just let me know when you're, when, let me know when you're going to be home because I kind of miss you. It's been, it's been uh, what, a day and a half I miss my girl. <laughs> uh, no, it's never going to get to that, guys. I don't want to be one of those uh, creeper boyfriends. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just taking a sip. But I just had a thought. <laughs> I uh, I think it was last week that I talked about Halloween Ends. And then I needed to watch it a few more times. But I watched it one more time yesterday. And I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure, and if you haven't seen it, I might do a few spoilers. You know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna do a few spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, um, yeah, just skip ahead to whenever. <laughs> just skip ahead a few minutes. Um, but I watched it again. I still I can't. I'm still unsure whether I like it or I hate it because it's not a Halloween movie. It really isn't. And it's funny because I've read so many comments and one in particular was hilarious. It said like, it's good to see Michael Myers make a cameo in his own movie because that's what it felt like. It felt like he was not a part of this movie at all. Felt like it was solely focused on a new, a brand new character. Like what a way to end a trilogy by introducing a new character and trying to get the audience and like, so invested in this one new character. Um, which is, his name is Corey Cunningham. Uh, I mean, the story of him and everything that follows is good. I just, it just feels like a separate movie. It just doesn't feel like it's a Halloween movie. It feels like, I mean, there's good, uh, indications that it's a Halloween movie. Like, like how Jamie Lee Curtis's character Laurie Strode is saying like evil sometimes transcends or it transforms into a different shape basically saying like hey once Michael Myers is gone there's going to be a new evil somebody's going to take over and it could have been this Corey Cunningham because spoiler alert Corey Cunningham dies and not the way you would think, which, you know, most people that have not seen it will probably be like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers killed him. Wrong. Um, 
but he I don't know like I, I like the I like the character of Corey Cunningham it's just I just I felt like Michael Myers was disrespected it really wasn't even about the final battle of Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers it was hey here's this love story between Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter on that movie and this Corey Cunningham guy who at the beginning of the movie you find out hey he accidentally killed somebody uh it was a little kid and it was by accident but I don't know like then he just decides like oh yeah like now the town vilifies me so now I'm evil um now I'm actually gonna kill everybody um but it was a, it's a good movie. It is a good movie, but it just, it definitely has its flaws. And it pisses me off because, like I said, I thought the fight with Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis was going to be a good, like, 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. Like, kind of like the first Halloween. Um, you know, that was a good battle. It lasted, like, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe. Um... But this one was maybe three minutes. I don't know. Like, and then, yes, Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, she lives. I was like, I was hoping for like a massive M. Night Shyamalan twist where Michael Myers was going to be like, nope, you can't fucking kill me, bitch. I'm going to slice, uh, I'm going to slice your throat. I'm going to freaking slit your wrists. I'm going to stab you in the chest i'm gonna put a knife up your ass whatever i don't know just do some creative michael myers shit no he had basically just like got crucified it was like okay like uh, this will be michael myers kind of dominating kind of for a very brief moment and then it's gonna be all jamie lee curtis just crucifying uh michael myers to a table uh slicing his throat and then, hey, and then I'm going to, we're going to do a funeral procession with the entire town and throw them in a freaking uh, metal scrap meat grinder thing. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was retarded. I thought the, that de- the Michael Myers death, actu- like actual, like in the, in that meat grinder junkyard scrap metal thing, that was cool. It didn't look like fake at all it actually looked pretty fucking real i'll have to give them that um but yeah i don't know i might have to watch it one or two more times before i actually say like yeah this could actually be a really this is a really good movie it was a really good movie um i have to like condition myself to believe that i will say the girl i don't know her full name I know it's Andy, but Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter, like, yeah, she po- she's supposed to play a teenager in the first two Halloween and Halloween Kills, like, but in this movie, she's, like, in her 20s, and I mean, I, I, she's actually really fucking gorgeous. She's actually really pretty, even especially on this movie. I'm like, wow, she's actually, like, grown into her beauty a little bit in this one, and then I see her on, like, Instagram, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's a smoke show. Like, she's at least a eight, eight and a half, nine. A girl I could possibly date if I ever get this surgery. Um, <laughs> but, no. 
Like, she's a very, very attractive girl, an attractive woman. And, like, yeah, she's, and she's not like, she doesn't have to post any thirst traps. She's actually a very classy type, um, beautiful girl. She doesn't have to do those thirst traps you see on Instagram or on TikTok. God, I hate fucking TikTok. I really fucking hate TikTok. Like, my girlfriend is obsessed with it. She can be on it for two hours at a time. And I just, I don't understand the appeal. Like, I hate it. She, tr- she And she has, like, a weird sense of humor, too. Like, like she, she actually has a good sense of humor. It's just her version of humor on TikTok, however, is very stupid. <laughs> like, I, I hate to sound like such an asshole, but, like, it is very dumb. And she tries to show me these videos, and I'm just like, oh, my God, kill me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's not fucking funny. But whatever. We all have, like, comedy is subjective. I get that, people. <sighs> Sorry. Um, but, I don't know. What, what was I going on? What was I even talking about before I started talking about TikTok? Oh, yeah. Andy. The, that chick, Andy. Um, yeah, she's a very classy, beautiful girl. She doesn't have to post titty, her titties. She doesn't have to shake her ass on Instagram. She doesn't have to... Yeah, dude. And by the way, like I know it's it's my fault for feeding the algorithm on this, but you know those suggested reels and the suggested posts that you should look at on Instagram, like half of them are these chicks that are just basically like pulling their underwear into their pussies, and like you can see every single crevice. It's just it's it's nuts. It's hot, but it's like. For some reason, like, even though, like, I don't follow women like that, maybe I did at one point. I don't remember. But, like, it just seems like every, I I scroll a few scrolls and all of a sudden it'll be suggested reels. And it's all these girls with, like, just their titties out. And, I mean, they're gorgeous women. I I will say that. They're very, very gorgeous women. It's just, you don't have to be so, to me, classy is more beautiful. And that's why I'm attracted to that Andy chick. It's just, I don't know. It's, it weirds me out sometimes that, uh, especially like, I don't, I, I'm just rambling. I'm just fucking rambling. Um, you know what? I'm just going to fucking move on because <laughs> I'm like, it's like fogging my brain as I'm talking about it. Like, oh, maybe I should look at Instagram and now like, I don't want to, I don't want to start jerking off on the podcast oh ouch sorry i'm watching sunday night football um you know that's a great transition into sports before i get into angel's corner i'm watching sunday night football my boy just left about a half hour ago um watching miami and pittsburgh i'm not i'm not invested in either of these teams both these teams are just mad at me but uh, damn that was quite a hit uh i just love watching football guys it's like the only good sport. I hate that baseball is considered America's sport or America's pastime because football, I can watch it all fucking day. I don't care who's playing because sometimes the creativity is just incredible. Like it's all strategy to these guys. It's chess, not checkers. Um, And, you know, yeah, just – Sometimes my team wins, sometimes they it loses, but sometimes they lose. Um, but I didn't really see any good games today on NFL. 
Like, I watched the Chargers get dominated by the Seahawks, which I was not a, not proud of. Like, I was – I hate the Seahawks. I'll still hold a vendetta against them for beating Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Um, but, no, they, today they made Justin Herbert, of a, a former Oregon Duck, very near and dear to my heart, Justin Herbert. And in the L.A. Chargers, I was going to call them San Diego Chargers – um yeah the Seahawks humiliated the Chargers and it was embarrassing I'm like wow I honestly thought Herbert and the Chargers would would whoop some ass and no they looked very Justin Herbert especially today looked very mediocre at best but um that was frustrating and then the Cowboys won but they beat the Lions so who hasn't fucking beat the Lions I could beat the Lions if I really wanted to um, no, that's not true. They could actually absolutely rape and murder me. Um, given the fact that they're from Detroit, hopefully nobody from Detroit's listening to this. Um, <laughs> but no, the game to watch this weekend was the Oregon Ducks versus the UCLA Bruins. Oh, that was a fucking incredible game. I mean, we whooped UCLA's ass, but it was it was looking like a fair match for a second. Like then the second quarter started, and the Ducks said, "We got it from here, boys." Um, for those of you that follow college football and that follow Oregon Ducks, you would know that Chip Kelly is a former Oregon Ducks coach. He is now the head coach for the UCLA Bruins. And he was making his trip to, back to Otson, uh this weekend, and he was and he had a very like I was actually ner- very nervous going into uh, this weekend with that game because I was like, okay, UCLA is undefeated; they're number nine in the country. Oregon Ducks is our number ten, and like, yeah. UCLA is undefeated. We got one loss to the national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. Like, this is going to be uh, – I, I hope the Ducks fucking show up. And boy, did they. Oh, my God. They showed up. They whooped ass. Bo Nix fucking looked like a first-round draft pick. Like, he looked solid. Five touchdowns. A career high. Five touchdowns. And he had, I mean, just there was just clever play calling all throughout the game. He had this incredible like fifty yard throw for a touchdown, and it was beautiful. Like the like the announcers kept saying it was like the angels were crying from the sky with that with that pass. It it was it was incredible. It was such a good pass. Um. The angels were like crying from the heavens. I think that's what the announcers were saying. Um, but it was just such a good game. And then the onside kick from the kick, the the Oregon Ducks kicker that nobody was expecting was going to be an onside. Um, it was like they were lined up for a regular kickoff, and then nope, he just tapped it, recovered it. Then Oregon just took off and said, "Nope, we got it from here, UCLA." Nice for you to get your hopes up. Chip Kelly, it's good to see you. Win the day. I still believe in that saying because he brought that saying to Oregon Ducks. Win the day. Um, 
but yesterday he was the enemy and I still respect him as you know he he brought greatness to Oregon he was the first coach to actually take them to the national championship even though they lost was that a pass interference how was that not a pass interference anyway sorry I just got sidetracked with the Dolphins uh Steeler game but no, he uh, he took the Ducks to the national championship, and they lost to the Auburn uh, Tigers. What are the what are the what is the Auburn mascot? Let me Google real quick. Auburn mascot. Auburn mascot. Oh yeah, the Auburn Tigers. Obby Obby the Tiger. Um. Yeah, he he really put Oregon on the map, and uh, you know, every Oregon Ducks fan respects the hell out of Chip Kelly because he basically brought them to the limelight in college football. Like Oregon Ducks were struggling with me- mediocrity for the last hundred years. Like they were just—I don't remember. Mike Bellotti was a great coach. He 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 brought the limelight to them a little bit here and there with Joey Harrington and stuff like that, but. Chip Kelly just had this, I don't know, had this, had something about him. It was, it was his fast-paced offense that brought Oregon to the limelight. Uh, didn't succeed in NFL after he left Oregon, but then he came back to UCLA to coach them, and, you know, I can respect that. We actually have a great coach. Dan Lanning was, was – uh, I'm always like that. I'm always I have my reservations on new coaches because I had my reservations about Mark Helfrich when he took over for Chip Kelly. I had my reservations on Mario Cristobal when Mark Helfrich left. Um, or no, who was that? It was Willie something, but he left after the first year, and I was like, he was bringing Oregon to the limelight a little bit, but then he left, even though he said he wouldn't. And Mario Cristobal took over, and I had my reservations, and he he kept the greatness going. Then he left, and now it's Dan Lanning. And Dan Lanning, proven to be a great coach. Very, very handsome dude, too. I will say he's a handsome guy. I would not blow him, that being said. But he's a handsome guy, um, and he's our Oregon Ducks coach. So, <laughs> But, uh, all right. You know what? I am going to get into Angel's Corner now. Angel Banuelos, Banuelos. My main man for the show helps me out so much, tremendously. Sends me questions that you guys don't care to ask me, but he he takes the initiative. I honestly thought he forgot about me completely today because usually I wake up to a bunch of questions from from him. And I think he definitely listens to the show because he only, like, later on in the morning, he texts me this morning. He's like, you haven't recorded yet, have you? I'm like, nope. I'm recording this evening. You're all good. And then you just started sending me questions. So thank you, Angel. I always appreciate your participation. Uh, you're better than every one of my listeners for because you actually care. You care so much. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Miami's just having their way with Pittsburgh right now. But thank you, Angel, for submitting the questions late. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, I always record in the evenings, just so you know. Um, but I made a promise to you, if you only sent me a few questions, I would actually get into the articles you sent me, and I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna start with the article you sent me. About the chess champ cheated a hundred times. 
Grandmaster, is that the guy's name? Nineteen years old, accused of being anal beat, or accused of using anal beats to win. <coughs> what happened to my voice there? Accused of using anal beads to win, repeatedly broke the rules. Let me read the article. American chess grandmaster, oh, Hans Mock Neiman, che- cheated over a hundred times in his online professional career. A new report has claimed. The seventy-two page report has claimed uh, uh, report from chess.com found he broke the rules in tournaments as recently as twenty twenty noting many remarkable signals and unusual patterns in Han's path as a player. The document obtained by Wall Street Journal also noted Neiman privately confessed to Chess.com he had cheated on numerous occasions, and he was banned from the site. I didn't even know there was a Chess.com. What a bunch of losers, right? What a bunch of nerds that go on these uh, Chess.coms. Anyway, uh... Many of the tournaments, uh, many of the tournaments, Chess.com said Neiman cheated in included cash prizes. The report claims it comes from after Neiman made headlines in September when current world chess champion Magnus Char- Carlson, 31, suggested Neiman was a cheater, which culminated in rumors the 19-year-old was using vibrating anal beads to communicate with his coach. What the fuck? Oh, they have coaches on chess.com. That's weird. Uh, Neiman virulently virulently denied. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, Neiman virulently denied the accusation, saying that he cheated only twice in his life, at the age of 12 and 16, and that both infractions were some of the greatest regrets of his life. The report focused only on Neiman's online play and did not comment on the integrity over his over-the-board in-person play. Oops. It read, Outside his online play, Hans is the fastest-rising top player in classical over-the-board chess in modern history. Looking purely at rating, Hans should be classified as a member of this group of top young players. While we don't doubt that Hans is a talented player, we note... Um, I don't know if you sent me out of this stuff out of order, Angel. Let's see. Because now, let me see if I can find the next page. Um, fuck it. I'm just going to re- This might be out of order. It might sound really funky, and I'm sorry, guys. In a letter explaining Neiman's expulsion from the site in 2020, Chess.com Chief Chess Officer, the CCO, Danny Wrench, Uh, described blatant cheating against some of the world's top players. He said in the letter, There always remained serious concerns about how rampant your cheating was in prize events. While he remained mum on anal beads, Wrench suggested Neiman consulted a computer to advise him on moves during a live-streamed match on the website. Wrench described how during the live stream, Neiman appeared to look at a separate screen at the same moments he made suspicious moves. Ooh, Chess.com is able to use st- statistical data from about players' historical performances to determine whether they are playing in a way that is characteristic of themselves and can compare moves against those which a chess computer would like to m- would like. Wait, what? <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Reading is really like making my chest start feeling congestion. But anyway. 
um, and can compare moves against those which a chess computer would like make to sniff out cheaters. I don't know what the hell that sentence means. Uh, the report notes that Chess.com's anti-cheating measures have caught dozens of the game's top players in the act of cheating. Ooh. During a September 19th match against Neiman, Carlson, currently the world number one, resigned after a single move saying he refused to play against the alleged, the alleged cheater to preserve the game of chess. He wrote in a statement, I know that my actions may have frustrated many in the chess community. I'm frustrated. I want to play chess. I want to continue to play chess at the highest level in the best in the best events. Yeah, another guy sounds like he has integrity. Um, he wrote, okay. I believe that cheating in chess is a big deal and is an existential threat to the game. He later added, so far I've only been able to speak to, with my actions, and those actions have stated clearly that I am not willing to play chess with Neiman. I hope that the truth on this matter comes out, whatever it may be. As the anal beads rumor continued to swirl, Neiman offered to play in the nude to prove his innocence. Ooh, what the fuck? <laughs> he said, I would never cheat in an over-the-board game. If they want me to strip fully naked, I will do it. Well, dude, I think I thought you sent me more on this. Oh, yeah, okay, you did. Um... Well, that's, you know, that's very nice of you to offer to play nude, but I don't think anybody wants to watch nude chess unless, of course, it is a smoking hot woman. And I don't know. <laughs> only only women, only hot women can play nude chess, okay, bud? Um, and the anal beads can be a good, you know, it could be, it, that could be pretty hot, too, I will say. <laughs> um... Okay, yeah, more on this. That could not happen. Sex expert rejects claim anal beads could could be used as a communication device. Yeah, what kind of shit could you do? Like Morse code or some shit? I don't know. Let's see here. Uh, sex expert rejects claim anal beads could have been used in a chess cheating scandal to send signals. A sex expert has rubbished claims the teen chess grandmaster Hans Neiman cheated in dozens of games by getting signals via anal beads, adding the sex toys were too noisy. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, columnist Dan, Dan Savage said if Neiman used the vibrating beads, not that like I know, I just realized what I had said there. Um, you know, but I've, I've so I've heard. <laughs> um, anyway, columnist Dan Savage said if Neiman used the vibrating beads for assistance during tournaments, his opponent would have heard them buzzing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. He added, anal beads were a blunt instrument and cannot communicate something as complex as a chess move. If a third party was operated, if, um, if a third party was operated it remotely via a wireless connection. Um, the allegations and rumors about using anal beads to communicate with his ch chess, his coach have wrecked the world of chess, but Savage said the scenario was unlikely. He explained anyone who wrote up this story had bothered to check with anyone who remote controlled anal beads in their ass. My contact info is right there on my website. They would have known that vibrating anal beads were a blunt instrument. There's an on switch and there's an off switch, and you can adjust the intensity a little bit. But trying using, trying to use vibrating anal beads to communicate some, about something as complicated as a chess move, 
yeah, that did not happen. That could not have happened. Um, what does this one say? Let's see here. Savage added, Vi vibrating anal beads are relatively loud. He said, during the hush of a chess match or a golf game, you can hear those things. But because no one checked, this chess prodigy is always going to be the vibrating anal bead chess cheater. Yeah, that's true. Savage joked on his podcast last month that when he had first heard the allegations, he thought it was the Queen's Gambit sequel. We didn't expect with butt toys instead of blue and green pills. Um, in the Netflix show starring Anya Taylor-Joy, the main character finds tranquilizers to help her learn the game through hallucination. Neiman was said uh, he would have played naked to prove doubters wrong after rumors suggested that he could have used the beads controlled by a third party to determine the best moves to make in a match against Carlson. Whew. Um, the anal beads theory was first put forward by Eric Hansen, another chess grandmaster who suggested he might have used a vibrating sex toy to receive wireless signals. Um, now he has to have an anal beads check. Chess teen Hans Neiman is given a full body search after cheating claims. Now he has to get it checked just in case. That is funny. Sorry guys, that was a long one. That was the long fucking article that Angel had sent me. That I just did not want to get into last week. I was very, very just drained. And I still have a little bit of energy this evening. So I finally got it out there. The anal beads story. Um, if that is true, how do you not let out like a good moan? <laughs> like, if you, you think if he was gay um, and he liked shoving things in his ass. And then during a quiet game uh, of chess, the guy makes a move, and all of a sudden he gets his thing, and he's like, ugh. <laughs> like, he doesn't let one of those out? Like, <laughs> come on. For real? Like, you, you don't think he has feeling in his ass? Now, maybe he, maybe he's paralyzed. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. But <laughs> it's just, come on. I mean, not that I would know what how gay guys moan, but, like, I think if you like shit up your ass... You're going to let out again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just maybe not. Maybe Or at least a, uh, one of those. <laughs> just one of those. I think it's impossible. I will have to actually side with the guy that said that is impossible. Um, I feel so good to actually get that story over with. Because <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, Angel. How many times am I going to have to like, go through this uh, chess shit? Um, sorry, I'm just deleting everything that is regarding those anal beads real quick, and then I will get going on some more stuff. Um, all right, next article. Velma is a lesbian. Scooby-Doo character's sexuality is confirmed with female love interest in a new movie. And now we have Twitter going crazy. We have won. Velma is a lesbian with impeccable tastes. Um, that's retarded. I don't, I honestly am so annoyed with humanity right now. Why do you guys fucking care about a cartoon character or any character's sexual orientation? That should not matter. I mean, I, I could have told you Velma was a lesbian back in the seventies, but the thing is you think she'd be like fing fingering Daphne at least trying to get her to switch sides because I mean, Daphne was like the fucking Jessica rabbit of seventies. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's so annoying what people, people have no time on their hands, like, or have, I don't know, just, people are retarded <laughs> if they care this much about Velma's, uh, like, a sexuality. She's a lesbian. That's fucking cool. I don't care. I could have told you that. Maybe she likes anal beads, too. Do you guys care to know? Maybe she wants to shove anal beads up her, um, uh, her and her... <clears throat> uh, blonde black chicks. <laughs> Let's see here. Is that a blonde black chick? Let me see. Jesus Christ. Uh, never mind. I'm not. I'm just gonna move on. Snapchat's freaking out on me. Um, how Tom Hardy lost to Shia LaBeouf. He's a scary dude. Tom Hardy claims he was knocked out cold by a lightning fast. Uh, lightning fast Shia LaBeouf, despite being a triple Brazilian. Triple Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion. Transformers star gives different story. <clears throat> After the release of John Hillcoat's 2012 crime drama, rumors began to surface when the director told Reddit users about their fight, stating it escalated to the point where they both had to be restrained. Hardy, during a conversation with Den of Geek back in 2011, confirmed the same, stating, I got knocked out by Shia LaBeouf, actually in the in, in Wettis County, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. After admitting to have a having a brawl with LaBeouf, he stated it was behind the scenes. He knocked me out, Sparko. Out cold. He's a bad, bad boy. He is. He's quite intimidating as well. He's a scary dude. I thought Tom Hardy would fucking knock anybody out. Uh, that's just weird. When asked about the cause of the altercation, he just answered vaguely by saying, he just attacked me. Provoking laughter. He was drinking moonshine. I was wearing a cardigan and Er, er went down. I woke up and nuts... Peanuts arms? Maybe it's nuts. Maybe the pea's silent. Um, for the unverse nut, peanut, I'm just going to call him peanut, was then Hardy's personal trainer. Though his side of the story seemed less convincing, especially when he's a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Not to forget, he did not state the reason for the altercation, but LaBeouf shared his narrative explaining what really happened. Uh, well, what really happened? I I didn't get any more out of that, Angel. Um, but yeah, I would think that Tom Hardy would fuck shit up. I, I, I would easily give the edge to Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy's more attractive. <laughs> I mean, I can admit it. Tom Hardy's an attractive dude. Would I blow him over Dan Lanning? Well, I wouldn't even blow Dan Lanning. But uh, no, I still wouldn't blow Tom Hardy given that he's as handsome as he is. Believe it or not, guys, I'm not gay. <laughs> I can just admit when a guy's handsome, okay? Is that okay? Is that okay with you guys? Yes, Tom Harding is a handsome guy. Um, but that is crazy. That is crazy to think that Tom Hardy lost to Shia LaBeouf. All right, moving on to questions, because yes, Angel sent me some questions, and we're going to end on those questions. So, and he only sent me like five questions. Thank you, Angel. You're doing to me a really, you really wanted me to get to those, those anal beads, didn't you? Um, and I'm glad you listened. 
you listen to my request next week you can send me a few articles send me send me uh 10 questions we'll go with 10 next time don't send me like he- like anal beat heavy que- uh, articles just send me a few articles if you want um and yeah send me about 10 questions i think i do pretty good with 10 questions all right what is something you hated doing as a kid but now love as an adult that's easy saving electricity because <laughs> as a kid electricity is free i mean anybody could use it um now that now that i'm paying bills now that i'm an adult paying bills i fucking i can serve electricity like a motherfucker like i w- well i'm also li- like pff, half the time living at my girlfriend's apartment so that's helping me out a lot because my electricity bill came earlier this week and it was like 40 bucks. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's one thing I really like doing now as an adult is conserving electricity. And another thing, I actually like keeping my house pretty clean. Uh, I know when I was married, I mean, given my ex-wife who she was, she actually would keep the place pretty tidy. So I was used to that. I, I mean, I got used to that I'm not, I'm not saying i'm not saying i made her do all the cleaning no i helped out when i could um sometimes she sometimes less than other times i don't know i'm like but i would help especially at her requests her nagging um but yes i do like maintaining a clean house my house is never a pigsty i never let it get to that point my kid's the only person that really fucks shit up and either I make them clean it or I just help them clean it and yeah, we're good. Those are the things I like doing as an adult that I hated doing as a kid. Because as a kid, especially with the clean thing, like I hated cleaning my room. My room was a a uh, pigsty half the time. And yeah. All right. Oh, this next question. He's going into pro wrestling stuff, guys. Okay. So if you want to tune out now, you're more than welcome to tune out. But yes, he's asking professional wrestling questions. The next couple questions. So rumor has it that Kenny Omega, who is a pretty good wrestler, is going to WWE. And I have not heard this rumor yet. Uh, does this excite you, or we'll see? FYI, he's had multiple and multiple five star matches. Five star matches, which is uh, rated by I think Dave Meltzer, who's a wrestling aficionado. Um, yeah, Kenny Omega is an incredible wrestler, and I know you guys are sitting there thinking, like, well, wrestling's fake, or it's scripted. Sure, but the thing is, it's still athleticism, and it's doing some of the shit that they do, like, especially shit like Kenny Omega does, it's like, no human being should be doing this shit, like, people like Will Ospreay or, or Kenny Omega, they they shouldn't be doing this shit, but they, and they, but they do the, these, like what do you call acrobatic stuff with the ease and like finesse. It's incredible. So like if I, I, I don't doubt that he will go to WWE someday. I think he did at one point, but they just said, you know, fuck off. You're not into, you're into that wrestling, wrestling stuff. We're over here trying to make a circus act out of a wrestling show. That was the Vince McMahon era before Triple H took over. But Triple H, I think, seems to care about the sport part again. So that's nice. 
So, I don't think Kenny Omega is going to be leaving AEW anytime soon. But I think he will go to WWE someday because I think they know he's a big star. They know the second they can acquire him, numbers for their product will probably skyrocket because Kenny Omega is a superstar. He's an incredible athlete. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I, don't, I, I, I would say the next five years, possibly. That's my guess. All right. I think this is the last wrestling question. But Chris Benoit is said to be the best technical wrestler of all time. His matches seem very real. People want him in the Hall of Fame. Do you think he should he should be or do you think he shouldn't do uh, be after what he did? Um, well, for those of you that don't know, Chris Benoit was a professional wrestler and he had an incredible career, but I think CTE actually did kind of get to him. And CTE does f- fucks with people, you know. Um, that's not an excuse for what he did. I honestly don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame because I think I do think he's one of the greatest to ever be in the professional wrestling ring. He he was very very good, very very technical. Did some of them like the the German suplexes that guy would do, and like. Some of the, like, he was, he was the little guy, the, the little buff guy. And I mean, he was, he was great. He was a great character. But for those of you that don't know, I think CTE got to him back in like 2007 and he ended up killing his wife and kid and himself. So I think that should disqualify, um, any chance of getting into a hall of fame. Like I said, great wrestler, one of the greatest, sure. But, I mean, come on. Like, I believe CT can fuck with you, but I think, I don't know. I think he was, I, I, I don't know what was going on in his marriage. I don't think she was planning on leaving him anytime soon. I think he was just fucked in the head. And I think he was upset because I think his the kid that, because he has another kid, but the, the other kid's alive. Um, but the kid that he ended up murdering, had a uh, special needs. So I think he was a little bit down about that. I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm just, I'm just thinking and I'm not saying for certain. I just think that had something to do with it. Like he was mad that he got a, a special needs kid and fucked with his brain as did all the chair shots and re- professional wrestling, uh, ate at his brain. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he, I think if he had a happy family, that could have actually helped him out quite a bit. You know, when you're going through darkness, uh, I mean, I went through a very, very dark phase. I've talked about it on the show numerous times. You know, you think dark shit. You think the worst things. But you just, something tells you not to do it. Something just tells you. I don't know if it's a if it's a higher power, whether it be God, somebody that's passed on, that's talking to you, whatever, Jesus Christ. Um, you you just never go through with those dark thoughts. You just maintain and you live to see another day, um, and don't hurt anybody else in the process. Uh, I don't know. 
it sucks because you know, like I said, Chris Benoit is a great professional wrestler, very very good professional wrestler. It's just I just remember hearing about that story back in 2007, I believe it was, and just being in shock and it's like, what what the hell is happening? Um, but no, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I, I mean, it sucks to even think, say that because like he does deserve it. It's just there's certain things that should even in your personal life that should disqualify you. All right, moving on. Um, do you think any famous person should be presented with awards or more fame from what they like doing, like like acting, music, building a multi billion dollar or multi million dollar empire, but has done something horrific? Uh, should we focus on just what they have done entertainment wise or only focus or focus on everything they've done? Well, that it, it just depends on the severity. That's all it is. Um, because nobody, and I mean, nobody that's living on this earth since the day Jesus was dead. Like the, the, the day Jesus died, <laughs> like seriously, nobody has walked this earth squeaky clean we've all been guilty of bad shit whether it be sex acts whether we've killed somebody whether it be we we uh we've been we're we're all fucking sinners and we're never gonna be righteous by any means like it, it's just i don't know like uh it like it's like i said though it just depends on the severity but you know sin is sin my ex-girlfriend would tell you, like, it doesn't matter the severity, sin is sin. Um, and, I, and I agree with that, but I think that there's also, there's levels, <laughs> you know, there really is. Um, you know, like, people like to throw stones at fucking Laura Bush for killing somebody. Like, I think through a dr- drunk driving or, um, you know, women seem to think that, like... <sighs> I don't, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to even go there. <laughs> they don't just get me going on a rant. Um, everybody alive, dead has done something wrong since Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're never going to be squeaky clean as much as we like to think we are. We're never going to be, we just got to be okay with that and learn. Like I, I always hate when people like this, like this kind of goes into cancel culture. It pretty much does. Um, how people just try to bring people down, like, like Shane Gillis, for example, people tried to bring the guy down for apparently being racist on a podcast by making Asian jokes. And he got hired by S hired and fired by SNL on the same day. And now like he had to, he had to go through a year of like, not he, he, like not him personally, it was just. He basically wasn't really much in the scene until a year later when like Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, Sam Morell, like all brought him to the forefront. Like they're saying, this guy's fucking incredible. Like he's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, people just try to bring, try, try to bring him down. Like, as if they don't have, like, as if they have a squeaky clean past. Like, they've never made a racist comment in their life. Everybody on this earth has made a racist comment in their life. 
you can sit there and call me, say that I'm full of shit, but you know I'm right. You've said something racist, whether it be on a video game, you've said the N-word, you fucking called me a beaner behind my back. I don't know, you... My ex-wife said some racist shit about Asians, and I knew she was just fucking around. She was just joking. Um, I don't... The thing is... <laughs> I don't know. It's just... <laughs> I'm just I'm just going on fucking rants. Sorry guys. Um it just depends on the severity, Angel. Long long uh, rant short. It just depends on the severity. On what they've done that's horrific. Um but yeah, people should be recognized. Like what Chris Benoit did, that's horrific. Yeah. Like that's very very horrific. Um but yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm moving on. I'm moving. Um, I think in the last article slash question, playing Crash Cannibals on the 50th anniversary of the Andes Mount Andes disaster, uh, survivors say they got used to eating he- human flesh. Ooh, uh, a live survivors. I remember that movie. A live survivors of Andes plane crash say they don't regret resorting to cannibalism as they meet in Uruguay on the 50th anniversary of disaster. Um, the survivors of the plane crash over the Andes in 1972 have reunited to retell their sensational story after they were forced to resort to cannibalism to stay alive. The 16 survivors of the Uruguayan uh, Flight 571, which was taking a team of amateur rugby players to their supporters to Ch- and their supporters to Chile, got together to co- commemorate the 50th anniversary of their grisly ordeal, remembered as the miracle in the Andes. Their story was immortalized in the best-selling book *Alive: The Story of the Andes Survivors* by Piers, by Piers Paul Reed, which was later adapted into a movie in 1993. I remember that movie. A new Netflix adaptation is in the works. Oof! Another fucking Netflix movie. Um, yeah, I remember watching that movie as a kid. I watched that when I was like seven or eight, and that movie like gave me nightmares for a while. Like, I had already been on a plane. But that movie, like, made me terrified of flying for a while. And it was just, I remember, I remember just the insanity of that movie. I remember the, I don't remember the cannibalism. I feel like I have to watch it again. Um, But I remember, like, the pilot, like, begging for water, and then he just dies. Because they're in the Andes Mountains, so he, like, froze to death. Um, You know, I don't... Let me actually just get into the question to end this. Uh, do you think if stranded people ate human flesh to stay alive, do you, th- uh, do you think when coming back to society we should give them a pass for trying to survive or should they be charged and put in jail for what they've done? Um, that's the first question. No, because I don't, I don't know. I'll have to watch that movie again, but I feel like if you're eating a dead person, fine. That's fine. You're doing what you can to stay alive. You're not hurting them because they're already dead. They're frozen to death or they died on impact, whatever. You're just doing what you... Because you're going to get hungry. You're going to get thirsty. Those guys had snow for days to dr- for water. But you're going to get fucking hungry. I don't know if you can really digest snow. <laughs> but... Because I think that just turns into water. So you're just hydrating. But... um. I don't blame them 
for resorting to cannibalism. They're doing what they could to survive. If you go to the, if you look at the animal kingdom, most of the animals are cannibals. They will eat their own kind to stay alive. That's just, I think that's just nature. Um, but yeah, I would give them a pass, especially like if they didn't kill anybody and then ate them, if they didn't hurt anybody, they should be fine. All right. Last question. Last question. If you're, if one of your loved ones was eaten by a person who tried to stay alive, would you be okay with this or would you be pissed off? There's only one person I would be pissed off if they did this. And that's my kid. Anybody else in my life? My dad, my, I mean, even though I love my dad, my mom, my sister, anybody else, my, a friend, I mean, my best friend, Alicia, whatever, like if somebody had to eat them to stay alive, but they were already dead, I would have to be, I would have, just have to get over it. I would honestly just have to get over it. Like, be like, I might be mad for a second, but it's like, okay, if they were already dead, like, and you did not kill them, if you did not hurt these people, I'll give you a pass. I'll forgive you. You needed to stay alive. You needed nourishment. You needed, yeah. <clears throat> you wanted to see your family again. And mine, my, my, uh, my family is no more. So, I mean, they, they, they died. So you're good. That would be, but they're like, there'd be, there's only one person I wouldn't give a pass to at all. And that's my kid. First off, you couldn't even get me off my kid because he's so bony, <laughs> but two, it's just like, no, like the thought of somebody using, eating my kid, uh-uh, not going to fucking happen. I will kill you. I will kill you where you stand. Okay. All right, that's going to do it for Angel's Corner. Angel Banuelos, thank you, sir, so much. I cannot believe I just randomized the hell out of this podcast. I'm so, I, I feel so comfortable. I don't know if you guys can hear this now. I feel so comfortable doing this. It only took a year and a half. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Angel, for the questions and the articles. I'm glad we finally got these anal beads out of the way. Um, <laughs> but... um. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to finally go see my girlfriend. I think she just got back into town. She's dropping off her mother. And then I'm going to, yeah, eat dinner, watch the rest of Sunday Night Football, and hopefully enjoy a good work week. And when I talk to you guys next week, I will be talking about Mark Norman. Oh, and uh, if if you're, uh, before I get going, I know I made a promise not to talk about a certain subject last week, and I did it. I didn't bring them up once, and I'm not going to. But you know exactly who I'm talking about. I might br- talk about them next week. <laughs> no promises. I don't know. We'll see. But I stuck to my word, and you guys should be proud of me. All right. That's the podcast. Thank you, guys. God bless you. I'll talk to you all next week.